So Genesis 1, here's the deal with Genesis, guys. All right. Sometimes we can get stuck on it, right? We, 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 we approach Genesis. It, it, in golf, they say how you approach the ball can determine almost more than what you do after that. How are you going to address the ball, right? And so you might not think that's important, but it is. What are you approaching Genesis with? What kind of mindset is it? Well, this is a scientific account of how everything came into being, right? So it's going to, if you approach it that way, you might be disappointed, okay? Uh, because this is not a science manual, okay? And so that's important. Oh, so, oh, it's a history. It's, it's, it's history. So it's going like chronological. It's going to give us definitive. If you approach it with a Western mindset of how to read a history book, Ooh, you might be disappointed. And, and if disappointment goes unchecked, it can actually mess up with your faith. Mm-hmm. Right? And you can start to, then you start to question things uh, as if Genesis is unreliable. Wow. Well, what happened? Right? And it all, I think it all starts with how are you approaching, you know, the book of, of Genesis? And, and so uh, the reality is, yeah, Genesis has so much in it. Um, but absolutely, it is, a, it is to help us understand who God is and why we're here in, in so many ways, okay? Uh, and it's not concerned with some of the questions that we like to ask as Westerners, okay? Especially in the 21st century where we are. And that's okay. And we have to, we have to let the Bible be the Bible. Let this, let this part of history be part of history, okay? And, uh, and what I also want to say <clears throat> is I know a lot of you listen to a lot of podcasts and all that. And so... I am not going to like dwell on the like the Bema material because I know a lot of you already listen to it anyway. I love that stuff. I, I in fact I encourage you to listen to it. it's good stuff. Um now and Marty has a he he's coming at it from like a rabbinical Judaistic kind of he's got a, a lens, an interpretive lens, which is I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's it is an approach, right? Um some of you listen to the Bible project, you know, yeah. Great material. I encourage you to check it out, right? Uh, I'm not necessarily coming from that particular space tonight. But I encourage, get all the information you can get, right? Those are great resources. The Bible Project is a great one, as I said, and Bema, B-E-M-A. Those are great, great resources, right? And you can learn a lot if you want to learn the significance of numbers and how things are chiastically. Tonight is not that night, but we will get into some of that. You know, I just feel like introductory 20 minutes-ish, we're going to kind of hit some of the bigger stuff. And then get a little, get, go deeper as we, as we move along. Um, so, but I, I did want to say that because I respect a lot of scholarship, right? And then I think, I think it's good to, for you sometimes to hear, go for it, you know? But everything you hear is not going to be, you know, the, the true gospel either all, all the time, right? So let's just, let's let the word of God just, as my, one of my professors says in seminary, let's get it out in the air. Right. Amen. So let's let's read. Uh, let's read some of the beginning of Genesis chapter one and uh, would love someone to volunteer to read, you know, uh, verses one through five. That'd be awesome. Anyone want to read that out loud? Yes. Pedal. Yeah. Be awesome. Thank you. <clears throat> so in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, and it was light. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and morning were the first day. Awesome. Thank you, Pedro. 
So just to give you kind of some things just uh, structurally, just to help you, and I think it can even help you in your faith over time. But here's a, a process of creation like that, that we're given. We're given, you know, an, an announcement, uh, you know, uh, and God said. All right, that's part of the whole process. Uh, we are given a, a commandment. Let there be light, right? That's in there, right? Uh, the, you know, he, he separates. Okay, separates light from the darkness. Um, you know, there, there is a report, right? You know, hey, this is, this is, uh, this is good. You know, he names things, light and day. Uh, there's a chronological framework. There's evening and there is day. So all of this in like four or five verses that you're getting. But again, is this, sci- is this scientific per se, the way we think scientific? I don't think that's what it's really trying to necessarily get at. It's really trying to help you understand that there is a reason why we're here, and it is God. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's the biggest, the biggest thing I, I think that some of us forget is how, how crazy important those first words, in the beginning, God. Mm-hmm. That is a worldview mm-hmm. that not everyone accepts. But honestly, that is, that is the thrust of all of Scripture. You, if, you, if you don't have that, then, then you're going to have a lot of challenges in your faith. Right. So in the beginning, God and what and what did God do? Look at all the things, even in just five verses that this writer is trying to help you with. And the structure is amazing when you you know dive into it. But there's there's so much there. Right. But 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 what I want to also you know look at is some people say it's in a beginning or in the beginning. And then some people claim, you know, oh, not claim. This is true. Aren't there other creation stories? Yes. Right. There are. And don't they predate this? Yes. So what do you do with that? What you, oh my gosh. Is, are, they, are they stealing material? <laughs> then that means this can't be true. It's not right. It's, they stole the material from the Epic of Gilgamesh and all these other things. And you can start circling the drain, you know, if you're, if you're not careful. And I encourage you. I think it's awesome for you to Google these ancient Near East myth creation stories. I, I encourage you to, to study them if you want to. It's great because the differences in the accounts are massive. And it's my conviction. And again, I'm Jeff Hickman that lives in Marietta, Georgia in 2022. Who am I? But at the end of the day, you know, Maybe I've spent more time on some of this material than you. Who knows? That'll make me better. But I'm just saying, you know, my conviction is I think that whoever is, is kind of giving us this material, whoever compiled it, absolutely has those stories in mind. And is trying to help you see that this God is the real God. Amen. And, and almost like I know you've heard about this. But things like the chaos in the water and, and you know, they had to, God had to fight the water and win the battle. No, no. In this creation story, the water is underneath God. God the water just has to do what God wants to do. God's over all this. It might be chaos and it might be in uninhabitable. But God, is, it's not out of God's control. God doesn't have to fight somebody to subdue it. You know how God subdues it? How does God subdue it? It speaks. You ain't going to find that in the other stuff. Right? And so what I'm saying is, I think, again, whoever has put this together is putting it together with those stories in mind. 
knowing full well that people are going to make correlations. But what he's trying to what he's also trying to bring our distinctiveness, a distinctiveness to this God. And the beauty we're going to go, we're going to go through a lot of things in the future. We're going to talk about land and seed and the importance of that and the rule of God and the ruler. And there's themes that go throughout and a covenant making God and a covenant keeping God. Again, drawing distinctions between this God that was in the beginning and all the other stories that are out there. And so, again, I at early in my faith, I was actually it did it did kind of make me question the Bible. That's why I think it's OK to do that, guys. Uh, I don't you, know, you should be able to question. That's great. And I, I'm just sharing with you my, my journey with that. It did make me a little. Wow, I, I had to reconcile that. But I'm saying it's a worthy pursuit, in my opinion, because now I have even more faith in this God. Mm-hmm. And in the biblical record and the and then the historical, wow, amazement of how this this Bible came into being and how we still have it and how the story is so consistent, you know, but not too many people you're going to meet today are building their life off of the epic of Gilgamesh. I'm just being honest. There's not too many people doing that. There's not too many people that are, you know, just perpetuating the ancient Near East myths over and over and over again because they're not connected to a story with real people, real places that we can go to, things like that. So just keep that in mind, right? But, you know, I don't know. Anybody have any questions? I don't want to just run past that or just open it up, you know, for the extroverts out there. Because <laughs> if you're like me, you're probably not going to ask a question in this setting, but amen. I respect that too. Oh, amen. I want to talk, but I ain't got no questions. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Self-aware person, I love it. Oh, I don't have no question, but I want to talk. Women got more words to get out. I read that the, the, the sun hasn't set yet. Okay. Um, yeah, let's. I have a question. Sure. Yes, ma'am. I actually know you told me this a long time ago, or a couple years ago. Where is the epic of Gilgamesh like from? Like, what region is it? Eastern? Is it? I mean. Yeah, they, they, they put it under the rubric of ancient Near Eastern myth. And the word myth actually can be misleading, even. Because when we hear the word myth, what do we think oftentimes? Not true. Not true. Yeah. But that's not the only definition of myth. And, and oftentimes, like Genesis can be considered a myth in the sense of it is a story that kind of gives you a kind of historical kind of phenomenon of how things came to be. That, that has no, that, that's not untruthful or that's a, no, it's. It's a myth. Doesn't have to be. Doesn't have to mean it didn't happen. So the ancient Near East. So those stories where we might think of places like modern day Iraq and all these types of places, Mesopotamia, Babylon, that area of the world. Um, but they have their. They have, you know, they have stories that have floods in them and stuff like that, right? Um, so, yeah. So clearly, mythology is not the study of fake stories. So what is it? What, what does that mean? What does mythology mean? Yeah, if it's not, if myth doesn't necessarily mean fake like we think it does, then... I'm not necessarily saying that myth equals faith. Fake. No, fake. Fake. Oh, fake. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Myth, uh, myth can mean, you know, uh, a, a made-up you know, story like, a, you know, a fable. It can mean that. But what I'm saying is there is also a definition of myth that does not mean that. 
It just, just it's just a, a traditional story. So what does story. it mean? A traditional story. That often gives you like a, a <laughs> phenomenon, like a like, yeah, like a phenomenon, like that maybe we can't understand, we can't just define on our own, but we these kind of stories that explain kind of big things. It's not just like a uh, you know story of the build, how we built the building. No, it's like a big time, big foundational stories. You know, like why there's day and night. You know, yeah, yeah. A lot of that has to do with like okay. the supernatural. Like it takes us out of our realm of like human into like our creation and where we came from and so the myth of how it came to be which usually involves like creatures and kind of mythical people so google is changing no no all the words they said were in the definition it uses the word in the definition (laughs) all right i have a textbook (laughs) and i think it's on one of these yeah i love it i I think it's great where did it go <laughs> if i can't find it soon then i won't i will i'll let it all right here you go this is from uh, one of the textbooks take it at least here you go but i think this stuff's helpful it's genesis myth that question is complicated by the many definitions of the word myth if by the word myth one means a story that explains phenomena and experience, an ideology that explains the cosmos, then the Genesis account of creation is myth. In, that, in this sense, myth addresses those metaphysical concerns that cannot be known by scientific discovery. So that's one definition of myth. You know, it explains uh, metaphysical concerns that cannot be known by scientific discovery. However, most commonly, the word myth is understood to represent things fanciful or untrue. In this case, the word myth misrepresents the Genesis account and does an injustice to the integrity of the narrator and undermines sound theology. There you go. That's why they write textbooks. (laughs) To give give you stuff like that. So, there you go. Does that help? Does that help at all? (laughs) cool cool excellent all right let's keep moving how much time i got left two minutes two minutes all right kiki you want to read uh let's just go to uh six through thirteen okay and god said let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water so god made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it and it was so. God called the vault sky. And there was evening and there was morning, the second day. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land and the gathered waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seeds according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, the third day. Amen. Thank you. Uh, and again, you know, so much. But again, it's good to see the patterns. And, and uh, again, you're announcing there's, there's a command, right? There's a, 
uh, an evaluation of everything. There's chronology. These are all of this is so artistically done. It is is really beautifully written. Um, and and I, I I've I've taken Greek. I have not taken Hebrew. But I, I mean, when you supposedly when you read this in the Hebrew, is just so it just screams out at you, right? Just how the that this is just not like a scientific you know writing. This is beautiful stuff giving you the majesty of an of this incredible God, yeah. uh, the structure of it all, and even the way God creates. He's creating these. He's creating these kind of what they call, some people call them panels, some people call them, you know, uh, uh, places to where things can be inhabited, right? Right. So he's, he's creating sky, he's creating, you know, the land, right? He, he, that's what's happening. And then after that, he's going to create the stuff that lives in it, right? And, uh, and, and even, even on the third day, there's like a little bit of extra stuff that's, you know, the, the, that's created. And then on the sixth day, when we get to people, there's extra stuff, right? It's just, a, it's, it's just so perfectly symmetrically written out, right? And, and again, if you're into chiasms and all that stuff, because there's plenty in here, again, I just encourage you, just, just look it up and study it out and, and dive in because it's, it's actually fun. And I think that, again, that's part of the way it was written. Mm-hmm. It's actually written in such a way to where you can see if you if you can read it in this original language and hear the cadence, see how the words are on the page. It even invites you in to dig deeper on try to understand, well, what is the author saying? You know, uh, and it's really it's a it's powerful. We're used to movies to convey great emotional moments and stuff like that. And so what, what, what can a movie person use? Right. If you're a director, what can you use? You can use music. Right. You can use sound effects. You can use, I mean, close-ups and pullback. I mean, you can do all this stuff, and, and you're just sitting there like, wow, right? But if you're writing, you don't necessarily have all that stuff at your disposal, but you got words. Mm-hmm. So how can you manipulate these words in a way that can engender or create, like, special effects, and that's what the author of Genesis is able to do, especially when you know the original language and you can hear the sound of it. Um, but that he's creating special effects, you know, with the way it's all written and the symmetry of things. And you see when you can see it in its original, you see, oh, man, on that day, on the third day, on the sixth day, why are two things created? Wow. You know, and, and all of that stuff. And it makes you go deeper. Uh, and it's, a, it's, like a, it's like an artistic special effect using only words. Because that's all they had, right? They don't have the movie stuff. Does that make sense? Is that, and so, so I, I just think it's, let's give, the, let's give the Bible credit, man. It's not, sometimes we, we were asking questions of it and we think it should tell us more stuff, but we don't give the credit to what it is, man. This is a masterpiece. That's right. of, and, and it's explaining to you stuff that you can't get anywhere else. Hence the, the term myth. All right. You can't just scientifically prove all, you know, and, and, but it's giving you information about who is this God? What kind of what kind of God is this? He can take chaos. And or some people call it nothingness, right? Because uh, their definition of nothing is different from ours. Nothingness means more like without order or without purpose. Whereas for us, nothing is nothing, you know, but it's totally different. Um <laughs> But just the, the concept of, of God existing, but, you know, God taking that which is chaotic, dark, God's spirit being the agent to bring about order and beauty and goodness. Amen. Out of, out, but out of all the junk and then to, and to create it in such a way 
where, wow, animals can flourish in the water, on the land, above the, <laughs> man. Uh, and so, again, it's, it's, giving, uh, it's giving God his due, you know. And I think this author is, is, is able to do that when we, when we allow Genesis to be what it is instead of trying to make it into this, this document that it's not, was never meant to be. You know, um, any other questions before I move on? Cool. Yes, sir. Just a quick comment. Yeah. Um, I, if anyone's ever taken a semester of organic or inorganic chemistry, I think we would agree that we don't want Genesis to be the periodic table of elements of how they all come together to make something. Because it's like, the most, to me, it was the most complicated thing in the world. And beyond that, like, it wouldn't just be that. It would be that God made those elements that are part of the periodic table of elements. So there would have to be a description of that. Wait, no. No, thanks. No. Yeah. Not signed up for that. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want that either. Uh, and, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's sort of, I mean, there's different. I, I appreciate that. I think it, uh, Kind of think about the images. It's almost like God's painting yeah. the sky and the water and the land. It's like He's going, "Watch this. Here's the mm-hmm. sky. Here's the water. Here's the land." And it sort of reminds me of Revelations. It's supposed to give you an impression when you read it. That man, this is unbelievable. You know what God's doing, creating this with His words. In the same way that Revelation gives you a different impression, but but a stark, dramatic impression when you read it. Yeah. And and so thinking about why he wrote it just to tell us how great he is and how much he knows what he's doing and how he planned all this it's awe-inspiring just to watch god paint creation in front of him right and i think that's part of why it was written um, in that way yeah i'm sorry yeah i was just gonna kind of elaborate how i think about the whole myth that you know another word we could put in there is story right so if you read the bible as a list of a factual list of events like a reporter would gather at a crime scene or something, it's just you, they're just it's just a reporting of facts. But if you assign a significance to those facts, the meaning behind those facts, because you know we can all you can have ten different people observe the same facts and end up with ten different stories because they see it differently. They, they assign a meaning to it, and so think of this as a if it's a myth or a story. God's saying, look, let me interpret for you the significance of the fact of the creation. Yeah. Right? It's coming out of his love. It's coming out of goodness and all that, which we, it continues to unfold, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. I think that word good is, is key. Oh, and that's, it reminds me, and the repetition of words is another special yeah. effect. Yeah. The repetition of phrases, again, a special effect that they don't, that's what they use with words to help produce something like, why does this word good keep coming up? And then when it doesn't say good, but very good, yeah, like going, oh, what, why, why, why did it say very good instead of just good? That's what you're supposed to do. It's a, it's a special effect. So it makes you stop and go, wow, so what's very good? Oh, oh, people. Again, if that's true, how do you view yourself? Right? You can't, you're not going to get that from some of these other ancient stories. So I'm sorry, pedal, yeah. I appreciate your, your point, and one thing I take from it is that, um, I mean, first of all, this is from the Spirit Himself, <clears throat> and so there's power in the words beyond the words alone, and I think right. what, 
what's so true for me is the importance of emotionally engaging because even reading this and it says the spirit is hovering over the waters i mean that makes my spirit go Ooh, what? you know there's, there's there's more happening here than 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 words and yeah. and and not to lose that as you read the bible it's not the same as the history book yeah and and and, and, and to try to bring it down just to that you're losing so much that god is trying to tell you and the Spirit's telling you through movement, but also that spiritual effect as you're reading it. And even without knowing the original language, I feel Genesis when I read it. Yeah. There's yeah. a power in the way they keep moving. It's like, oh, sweat. So yeah. I definitely appreciate that point. Yeah, amen. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna let, mm -hmm. I, yeah. Um, I think for me too, this can be, can sound kind of simplistic, but it's a reminder to me to continue to be in awe of God's artistry. Right. Mm -hmm. You yeah, know, right. I mean, to just to look, and Scott helps me with this. I mean, he'll just pick a flower or he'll notice this or that. But sometimes I just look up and it's like God just put his fingerprint in the sky. Mm -hmm. Or there's storm clouds and then there's, you know, the sun shining through. Or, you know, my puppy has little white stripes and I think... <laughs> You know, what God must have laughed when he created that. But just that we don't lose that um, awe mm -hmm. of the wow, everyday beauty. Yeah. That that <clears throat> kind of, and it reminds me, there's no reason, there's no evolutionary reason for stripes on a puppy or for, you know, this or that. I mean, it's just beauty to inspire us and to remind us of God's power and how deeply he loves us and wants us to be drawn to him. Uh, lastly, whatever that movie was with those big blue people, you know. Avatar. Avatar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now there's another one coming out, I think, at Christmas. Just, you know, wow. Wow, that. You know, the screen of it, you know, and the colors and all that. They yeah. just and we're getting ready to go into fall to just be able to walk through our world that way or to look at our child and go, wow, you know, he, she learned to walk or look at that muscle control or, you know, just different uh -huh. things like that. Yeah. Um, it's just, we just live in miracles all day long. If in the beginning God is not your worldview, then you might walk outside and do everything you described. You won't, you won't think what right, you yeah. just said, yeah. right? Yeah. You, you just described a whole bunch of stuff, but there are plenty of people that walk out, they see the leaves. Mm -hmm. That's really beautiful. Wow, the leaves are beautiful. But they don't necessarily yeah. mm -hmm. connect that to the worldview of, in the beginning, God. And God spoke it in the being. Right. And it was good. Yeah. And he does, and he's got a, wow, and this, this God has all these other plans for wow you know so I, I think what you described i think the author of genesis would be like thank you somebody gets it you know in that sense right um that there's more to it than and what pedal says not just the words on the page so yeah back row brother jackson sir um i appreciate you sharing this i always find it funny we have to like justify why the author wrote what he wrote because we all listen to songs <clears throat> And we have favorite lyrics in songs, and nobody ever questions why whatever lyricist wrote the way that he did. Like, nobody's sitting around and questioning Tupac why he wrote Hey Mama the way he did. But you listen to the rhyme and the reason and the way that the song is structured, and it makes you think in certain ways. And even to this day, I'm sure we have songs that do that same thing. And we can see that same way in the word itself. But it's not like it's completely void 
of any type of scientific structure. It's not like he made man and just kind of threw him in space and then separately created all the other stuff. He's still giving order to it. Exactly. Exactly. And, it, and you can actually go with certain levels of science and still see that same order. He's just, they're just giving emphasis and meaning to different things. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I'm sorry. Did you, Gabe, did you have something? I was just going to say, like, like, I appreciate the, the reference to, like, the whole movie, like, special effects thing because, like, I'm a big movie buff. And a lot of times when I watch, like, I'll know, like, a movie is really, really good because it, like, you, like, it gets me, like, going, like, emotionally. And a lot of times I don't think why that is or maybe I have an idea of it, whether it's, like, the, the sound score or, like, the coloring of, of what I'm seeing. And I think as, like, as a, as a very, like, analytical person, I always want to know why. Like, my, my question is always why. And I was talking to a brother, and he was telling me about how, you know, he's struggling with, you know, what's going to be of his life, all this stuff. And I told him, I was like, you just got to get uncomfortable with, with the unknown because a lot of the times, like, that's, you, don't, you don't need to know. Mm -hmm. And I think when it comes to, you know, God's beauty, sometimes we can try to figure out what's the purpose in something happening or why did you do it this way? But if you just get comfortable with not knowing, you never know what what's like for real to you. So I appreciate that because I don't I don't question like the special effects or I don't question I just I'm enjoying what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. right. so, yeah, I love yeah. that. Cool. You want to share something before we close up? Yeah. Um. You prayed at the beginning that we would you know have something stick out even if it's something we know before we've known before that would really resonate and I totally feel like that happened with me. As many times I've read this or as many times I've heard you speak, um, it just really popped off that first thing about in the beginning God that God was so calm and that he didn't have to battle because you know my favorite movie Gladiator Braveheart all this stuff <laughs> Love Avengers um, you know I love those battle scenes you know I, when it's like yes you know and I think of God that way he's a he's a warrior but he's comforting he's healing all that but he's a warrior he's all powerful he's in control but then I just had this image of him like he didn't even have to battle like, yeah, he's a warrior, but he didn't have to, he didn't have to win it. Like, mm -hmm. I'm already that. Mm -hmm. And it I'm just puts me more in awe than mm -hmm. ever of that, that guy. Amen. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Mm. Um, you know, well, yeah, I'm sorry, Pierre. Sorry, it's, this is a question, question. So, one thing that's standing, oh, all the comments were awesome. Um, <laughs> one thing that's standing, I'm kind of thinking back, you know, Christy a little bit and how, like, amazing God is. And just this, this time is really making me like so much more excited about God and just his wisdom in general. Mm -hmm. But like one thing that stood out is what you said earlier on was like this myth compared to all the other myths is, is it has so many differences, you know, and you pointed out how, you know, this is not a God who had to like fight the water to make things happen. He's just like said, boom, light, mm -hmm. you know, right? So my question is, are there any links to the fact that the authors is mentioning that God said something versus mentioning, oh, and God made light. Oh, and God made the earth, you know? And I, I know all of this is inspired by God, so even in God infinite wisdom, maybe it's using, you know, uh, the people of Israel who, where their tradition is an oral tradition, but have, in your studies, is there any link there to why the author is saying that God said versus God created or God made? And yeah, some of it is, because uh, some of it is, is using what, the, to call like anthropomorphic language okay. in order to, to help us understand. It's not like we think God has vocal cords. 
in a, in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. We don't think he if it, he has hands or feet per se, like. Sure. But the, you have to almost give God some of these traits to help us get what He's doing, yeah. <laughs> and and so God said again, He might not have had a, a mouth like we have a mouth, and I don't know, you know, maybe maybe we don't, but but we definitely get the concept of it was a is somehow God through God's agency, and it, He just used His words, right, um, and and that's how it came into being. So I think. The anthropomorphic language, and I even think there might be a quote from this book. Uh, we can describe the creation account as an artistic literary representation of creation intended to fortify God's covenant with creation. It represents truths about origins in anthropomorphic language so that the covenant community may have a proper worldview and be wise unto salvation. It represents the world as coming into being through God's proclamation so that the world depends on his will, purpose, and presence. So his proclamations are what we need to rely on more than anything. How, did, how, how does he, the author say what well, God said? That's the, best, that's the clearest way he could communicate it in ways that we get. Okay. You know, it's from God. So I don't know if that helps you, but there's an attempt anyway. Um, thanks for the question. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll close out to, cause we got to close out at the pinnacle, right? Cause you, you, like you say, um, special effects or the score, right? Cause the score is going, but then the violins kick in and the cellos kick in, right? And it gets real, it gets real intense, you know, in, in verse 26, <clears throat> then God said, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air. You hear the repetition? You know, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, see, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food and every beast of the earth and every bird of the air and everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life. I have given every green plant for food and it was so. God saw everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very good or exceedingly good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. So uh, this, is the, this is the climax. This is the culmination of all the creative activity is how humanity came to be. Again, that is a world, God, that's a big time worldview difference maker. We've read it so many times. We just gloss. We just. I know. I know, Jeff. I know. But you, you, you have. It's it's unique in the world too. It, not everyone just gets this. But this is big deal to to bear God's image. What? Who's God? Well, in the beginning, that God in the beginning has been doing all this stuff. We're made in His image. You're supposed to go, whoa, whoa, like whoa. Yeah, right. Wait a minute. I'm not just, you know, dancing to my DNA like they, some of the atheists say. We're just dancing to our DNA. 
Kind of like we're not here for we're not here. It, it just happened. Like you just people are just turned out and whatever, whatever. There's no purpose. There's no. No, there there is. That's right. That's right. In the image, you know, and then there's the us and guys, you can do your own. <laughs> there's so much. There's so many approaches to the us because that's different. The plural. Of course, what does the Christians say? That's the Trinity right there. You know, <laughs> that's what the Christians are going to say. Other people say, well, not really. It's probably not the Trinity. It's probably the, the heavenly council or angels that God is. Do your own research. I'm not going to die on that hill. There's plenty. Of, there's people that study for 40 years and know the original languages and they disagree. I'm not sitting here. I don't think it really matters. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, what matters is we know where we come from. And that's what you're supposed to get. And it's not just good. It's very good. Yeah. And you're not and you're not just like the birds. You're different because <laughs> it was good when they were made. But it's very good when you were made. And the birds are the birds have a role and it's great. But you have dominion. Over, I mean, you have dominion over the animals. It, God confers this on on us because he gives order to things. So wait, in order for us for the world to have the order it's supposed to have, we're supposed to realize we're made in his image and to subdue the world the way God wants us to. Wait, God make that God that's powerful says stuff. He's he's putting us into like this role of like we have some we have a role from this God. Like his his co-regents in the world to give it order because God gives order. We see that there's craziness in the world. But but God, God's presence. Well, his spirit, his presence provides order. And so, wait, if he makes us as the pinnacle and then he puts us out into the world. Wait, we are we help bring like order to the world when we believe that the God that created us is real and we're in his image. Wow. So all of this is not a given, guys. This, this wisdom is a gift from God and it's, and it's powerful. And sometimes we just so, sometimes we have so much self-hatred mm. and we, we look at all our faults and how messed up we are. Mm. And it's almost like we think the, the story arc of the Bible is people are sinful and we needed to be saved. God is good. And, and you know, yeah, we're sinful, but that's not the major part of the story. You, you know, you're good. God loves you. Right. And, and the sin comes later. But that's not the starting place of the story. But a lot of us make that the starting place. And again, that's a worldview. That's a way to view the world. But I think it's a faulty one. There's truth in it. We are sinners. We need to be saved. I get it. But look back at Genesis. (laughs) And and, and let's stop with the self-hatred and all that kind of stuff that can creep in. I'm I'm unvalued. I'm not valued. Or people don't approve. Well, God, remember who made you in his likeness. So, I mean, these are some of the truths that, man, when you just marinate in them, they can, they can really help, help you in your faith.